You're listening to the Rua Space Podcast. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Rua Space Podcast, where we help you make space for the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in your everyday life. I'm Phil, and today I am really excited to be joined by Christine Paintner to discuss breath prayer this amazing practice that helps us to become more present, to connect with God, to bring our entire selves into the prayer experience. Now, before digging into that, I just wanted to let you know that we are offering spiritual direction here at Rua Space, which is a space where we explore the voice of God in your life, exploring together where the Holy Spirit may be moving. And we discuss spiritual practices such as breath prayer, looking for how you can go deeper in your faith, how you can experience God for real on a more consistent basis. So if that's something that sounds interesting to you, I'm happy to set up a free call to discuss what that might look like. You can find a link to set that up in the description below. And friends, we would also love if you have been part of the Rua Space community for a while and this ministry has blessed you, if you would consider joining us over on Patreon, where for just a few dollars a month, you can help keep the ministry going as well as gain access to some really cool exclusive content, including live events. So friends, we're so glad that you are here with us today to explore breath prayer. Here is my conversation with Christine Paintner. Christine, welcome to the Rua Space podcast. So great to have you with us today. Great. Thank you. It's great to be with you, Phil. <laughs> so breath prayers have become very central to us here at Rua Space. This, it seems that there's so many different benefits to them. So I was really excited when I found your book on breath prayer, and I'm really glad that you're here to share about it today. Can you take us a little bit into who you are, your ministry, and then sort of flow into how you came to love and share about breath prayer? <laughs> yeah, so my um, background is in retreat ministry and spiritual direction ministry. Uh, I um, My kind of title at the moment is Online Abbess of the Abbey of the Arts, which is a virtual monastery. We're also a global community. We have members all over the world, and we really work to integrate contemplative practice and creative expression. And the contemplative part is really rooted in Christian monasticism. Um, particularly the three strands of desert, the wisdom of the desert, mothers and fathers, the wisdom of Celtic and Irish monasticism, particularly that kind of early Celtic period where before the Roman church kind of came in, uh, and then Benedictine tradition. And I'm a Benedictine oblate with a community in the States. So I um, make a promise to live out that kind of way of life in my everyday life. And, and those three strands all have their own sort of unique um, expression and charism, but they also uh, weave together really beautifully. And then we also invite people into various ways of creative uh, expression. Um, so I lead a lot of writing retreats. Um, I, I'm a poet as well. And I wrote a book on contemplative photography. And we also have uh, lots of resources in terms of music and songs. And um, we have some people in our community who are lead dance prayers. So we have a whole prayer cycle where people can watch the video and they can participate through. We, we work a lot with embodied prayer. So mm -hmm. 
the embody the embodiment aspect of um, this contemplative tradition is really important to me, and I would say that I I actually kind of came into breath prayer probably first through yoga practice many, many years ago. I think like a lot of us, we discovered, you know, yoga was a, a beautiful, can be a beautiful way to um, enter us more deeply into our bodies and this with a conscious awareness. And the breath became this really beautiful, steadying um, practice for me, you know, particularly through challenges of life and all of those kinds of things. And because of my love of the early desert tradition in particular, you know, I was really familiar with um, the way that uh, these monks really leaned into breath practice uh, as a way of really living out that call from St. Paul to pray without ceasing. Mm -hmm. So the the book actually came about by invitation, Broadleaf Books. Uh, there's an editor there that I've known for many years, and she um, she had the idea for this, and she asked, she thought I would be the right person to write it. So I've had that happen. I've written several books on, on contemplative practice and creative expression, and three out of those books were books that were requested of me, and I, they've all been books that have been um, such gifts to me because it's been this, I feel like, you know, spirit kind of extending this hand and saying, you know, here's something I want you to learn more, even more about and to move more deeply into. So yeah, that's sort of the, the initial kind of spark. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Well, and we we also guide, you know, sort of Christ-centered yoga here at Rua Space. And so breathing is often a component yeah. of that. And it, it just seems to impact all aspects of our lives. And it, it sort of makes sense, right? The Hebrew word ruach is breath and spirit. So there's this, there's this deep connection between our breathing, our physicality, our spiritual life, kind of all, uh, all components of that. So as we sort of dive into that importance of breath, maybe it's best to first explain what a breath prayer is. So when we're talking about breath prayer, when you're writing about it, what exactly yeah. is it that, that you're talking about? Yeah, so essentially it's a way of, um, of marrying some words with the inhale and the exhale of our breath. So in, in the very kind of ancient tradition, one of the original breath prayers that many people would have prayed would have been on the inhale, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, mm -hmm. and exhale, have mercy on me, a sinner. Um, and I think that's a beautiful um, text to pray with, although the language may not speak to us as much anymore, um, depending on kind of where we are in our, our journey and our tradition. And so breath prayer really is a way of letting any, any text, any a line from a poem, a line from scripture. I, you know, wrote 40 reflections in here where I created several breath prayers um, just as suggestions for people. Uh, and they're, they're ways of companioning us through all the moments of our lives. And you could just have one sort of, focused central breath prayer that you pray at all times. Um, in this book in particular, I write reflections on 
mostly on different ordinary activities that we have, like waking up in the morning or taking a shower or doing the dishes or sitting with a dog or a cat in our lap and having, and so I wrote these specific breath prayers as doorways into basically the breath prayers are doorways into fuller presence and attention Mm. to whatever's happening in the moment. And it's a way of honoring that, that this moment is sacred, no matter what's happening. Um, It was actually, um, you know, I ended up writing this book mainly during uh, the pandemic, you know, when the pandemic started and during the lockdowns and there was a great grace in that because I was here in Ireland in particular, we had a period of time where we weren't supposed to go more than three kilometers away. And so breath prayers were this became this beautiful way for me to really see all the ordinary things that I, you know, was with day after day after day in this renewed way in this deepened way through, through um, praying, you know, praying with my breath and letting my breath carry me more deeply into those activities uh, and seeing them as prayers themselves. Yeah, there's something about linking prayer with breath, as you said, that brings us into the here and now that so frequently, you know, of course, our body can only be in one place at a time, it can only Mm -hmm. be in the present, but our minds are so frequently in the future or in the past, or especially with devices nowadays, uh, anywhere, (laughs) but, but right here. And kind of combining those things brings us into the present moment. And at one point in your book, you said the, for the desert mothers and fathers sitting in their cell and staying present to the moment was the whole of their practice. And, and then you went on to say, to sort of extend it to us, because not, not many people listening to this are going to become a a desert mother and father, right? Like not many people feel called to, well, to, to that, especially, but many of them are mothers and fathers or whatever, won't go live at a Mm -hmm. monastery, but you pointed out whatever experience we are engaged in, whatever challenge we face becomes our monastic cell, the place where we Mm -hmm. can watch and encounter the divine presence in our midst. I thought that was just beautiful and such a great invitation. Yeah, I find the wisdom of the desert monks to be really profound. I think particularly in our day when we're when we perhaps feel the desire to flee from, you know, the whatever's happening in society to this more radical, intimate communion with the divine. But, you know, what they say over and over again is, you know, you can be out in the middle of the desert and you still carry all of your thoughts with you, you know, as you mm-hmm. just said, and um, you could, you still, and they really warned against, you know, running from one monastery to another because it was this, you know, you're basically just taking everything, all your issues and all your stuff with you. So you might as well show up right here, right now, right in this moment. And this moment has everything it need, you need to teach you about grace, about prayer, about presence, about that divine, you know, nature that's at the heart of everything. So there's a lot of beauty in that. Yeah, the the further I sort of walk along this journey, and I don't know how far I am, I may be at the very beginning, I don't know, but at least the steps that I am taking, you know, the, the presence component just seems absolutely central that so many of these practices, you know, we can complicate them and that's great, right? Depending on where we are, we can add in more nuance and more things. But I think for, for many of us, 
if we can even just simplify it to, hey, these practices help us just be right here. And this is where we connect with God. As, as you're journeying with this and with other people, what is so important about the present moment? Why is that so much a part of the practice? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, like, I think that there's a lot of power in memory, of course, and there's a lot of power in imagining, particularly, you know, imagining a better future for imagining creative possibilities. But we can get uh, very stuck in um, maybe thought patterns, telling ourselves stories about things that maybe aren't actually true, or, you know, just getting stuck in worry about other things or you know like you said our devices are always available to us so we're so rarely actually present to this moment and I think about even you know having a conversation with another person how rare it is for us to be fully present even to another human being when we're talking to one another that we're often anticipating what we're going to say next or thinking about other things that we need to be doing. And so I, I like to think of it in that way first because it's it's such a gift to give that gift of full presence to another human being. And then why wouldn't we also extend that gift of full presence to the divine nature to how God, however, we imagine that presence to be with us. Um, it, and it's also, for me, kind of, it slows me down. And I, I tend to be someone who loves to plan. I'm, you know, a recovering planner in a lot of ways. And it serves me well. But, uh, but I also believe that God is so much bigger than anything that I can plan. And so when I'm able to bring myself back to this moment and rest here and be as fully, you know, fully present as I can, um, it gets me out of that kind of reaching, grasping, striving kind of mentality that's so much a part of our culture and puts me into this very, this posture of radical humility, really, and, mm. and vulnerability of where I'm, I'm saying, you know, I don't. I don't have control over all this. I don't need to figure it all out. You know, I'm showing up here as best I can moment by moment <laughs> and listening for that divine grace for however it wants to, to arrive. And so just like listening to another person that we might hear something we don't, we, we weren't expecting when we start to let go of our own, um, you know, chatter. I think the same thing happens in the stillness with, with God, you know, we hear things that we weren't expecting because we're not <laughs> trying to, mm. to enter our own voice into that conversation where we're leaning back <laughs> and receiving. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I like too that coming into the present moment, one of the things you talked about is that our uh, breath prayer helps us sort of get in touch with the, the, the mundane, the ordinariness of life. And especially again, you know, and, and I love social media. I'm so grateful for it. I love our devices. Like, I, I don't know how I would survive without them. But one of, one of the things that it really does is I think sometimes gets into our head that the normal things of our day aren't good enough, that God mm -hmm. is found in the extravagant and in the big and in the, you know, really overwhelming experiences. 
And the more people I talk to, the more experiences I have, it, it almost is the opposite. Not that God isn't in those places, but actually yeah. we have the ability 24 seven to connect with God. And it's in those mundane, ordinary things. And breath prayer and these types of practices help us sort of tap into that sacredness of the ordinary moment that if if you're a mom or a dad listening to this and you're you're a full-time stay-at-home parent you know it's like hey god is right there you can connect with god in that very place no matter what you do if you're a student retired whatever god's there yeah and i think i i totally agree and i think sometimes we hold out for those you know big those big moments, you know, and we think that's where we're going to encounter God. So yeah, we miss all of the the small moments. And uh, yeah, it's another way of kind of delaying our experience. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I liked, I think you talked a little bit about um, stability. Can you talk about what stability meant in a monastic order? I think it's closely related here to, to what we're talking about. Yeah, definitely. It's, um, well, in the Benedictine life, it's one of the vows, actually, that the monks take, uh, but there's certainly variations of it in in all of the monastic um, traditions. Stability is, in the Benedictine rule, is a commitment to a particular monastery. Like, so when a monk enters the, the monastery, they stay there for their entire lives. That's on a very kind of practical, physical level, but really it's also about, you know, how can we learn to stay with, stay with our experiences, stay with conflict, stay with, you know, the discomfort of boredom, this, you know, all of the things in our lives where we might be tempted to, to flee, <laughs> to flee in our thoughts. We live in such a mobile culture that it's really easy to move, you know, to move away if things get difficult or challenging. And not to say that there aren't times when that's a perfectly appropriate thing to do. But I think it's also good for us to um, reflect, you know, on our what are our motivations, you know, when we're, when we're doing that kind of thing? Do we are we trying to escape uh, something that feels really uncomfortable, but that would, you know, might bring some growth (laughs) if we were to to stay I mean it's much like in a relationship too you know like a marriage stability is very much a you know at the heart of that it's a commitment to showing up day by day and I Mm -hmm. I like to think of you know the vows that I made to my husband 27 years ago are vows that I still say every day not necessarily in, in so many words but it's like I keep agreeing day after day that I'm going to stay and I'm going to work through whatever, even when the day <laughs> feels hard, you know? <laughs> no, no doubt. And, and it seems then that it can be extended to stability, to be present in the moment, um, whatever we're doing. So standing in line at yeah. the grocery store, um, sitting in a church service, right? Um, spending time with our kids or family member, to not run away even from those moments, but to stay fully present. And breath prayer seems to be one of those sort of practices that helps us enter into those moments a little deeper. Yeah, absolutely. I think that we're often, um, I think social media, that's one of the shadow sides of it, is it? I think we're often thinking we're missing out on something else, you know what I mean? In the moment where we're bored or, you know, something feels difficult or whatever it is. And there's this, perhaps this belief system that, 
you know, if only things were different, if only I were, you know, away on a, a vacation or something, or if only I were, even if I, I were only away on a retreat in a monastery, my life would be so much different. And yet, you know, breath prayer is reminding us like, actually, <laughs> actually the holiness is right here. It's right here, right in front of us in the challenge, in the boredom, in the, you know, all of that in the grace. <laughs> so, so let's talk then about a few breath prayers, because as you said, there was a, a number of them you wrote about in your book for different times of day or different experiences. And ultimately, I'm hoping we have some time at the end to talk about Lexio Divina, because that's one of the fundamental practices for us. We love Lexio Divina, and you have a really cool twist on it. But when it comes to maybe specific breath prayers, so we're talking about um, experiences someone may be going through even something like standing in line. We've talked a lot about sort of contemplative practice in general, but to sort of bring it down to the present moment, you know, one that stood out to me was the morning because I am not a morning person. <laughs> and, and I really appreciated you talked about making chai tea. That's definitely my drink of choice as well. But can you tell us a little bit about your morning breath prayer? And this, I think, hopefully will help sort of people start to get the, the common thread of what a breath prayer is and how we can invite them into different parts of our day and therefore what they sort of offer to us in those spaces. Yeah, well, I, I find, um, you know, kind of rooted in the monastic tradition, I find honoring those threshold moments of the day to be really important. They're really, they're the moments of transition, you know, whether it's dawn or dusk or whether it's coming, you know, going to bed. Uh, there's something about those times of day that I think, you know, I, I mean, I think there's a reason why there's been morning prayer and evening prayer for, you know, thousands of years. Yeah. And yeah, so that moment of awakening uh, in the book, the, the breath prayer that I have for that is that I breathe in possibility, I breathe out gratitude. And it's the sense of, for me, that when I start the day, I mean, there's, there, first of all, there's this incredible gift that I've woken up mm -hmm. <laughs> and yeah. that there is another day for, for me to experience. So there's, and there's also this sense of um, this, uh, David White actually has a beautiful poem about what to remember when waking. And he kind of has this imagery of like, the day is like this open white page, like waiting for our, um, you know, addition to whatever that is. And mm -hmm. I like to think of morning time as that time of creative possibility when anything is possible. And if I bring myself fully present to the moment, maybe I will hear something new. Maybe I will hear something in a new way. Um, and so possibility paired with gratitude for me, gratitude is kind of a core practice of remembering that I'm richly blessed and that I, you know, have, you know, from all, and particularly, I think for me, gratitude is a practice of really remembering all of the small things. Cause sometimes we can feel like, Oh, again, I wish I only had this or this or this and my life would, I'd be happy or satisfied. Mm. Um, in the monastic tradition, there's this idea of contentment. Like, can we practice being content with, um, with what we have, uh, and gratitude helps enlarge our sense of, um, 
you know, that the gift of food to eat, the gift of shelter, the gift of, you know, a, a friend, whatever that is. So gratitude is a way of remembering that, that these things are gifts as opposed to something that I'm entitled to. And so I find, I find gratitude and breath prayer go really beautifully together because my breath helps me to sometimes just, you know, dwelling in the moment for, and just breathing in that sense of gratitude in and out can be a beautiful prayer. Yeah. And, and it, then I think sticks with you the rest of the day. It's like, it's rooted in there somewhere and it's going to impact um, everything else about your day. And I think the tying it to the breath component is so significant because it's bringing our body into the experience that especially nowadays in the, in the Western Christian tradition, so much is in Mm -hmm. our head. And it's about praying just with the mind, but this is really bringing the body into it Mm -hmm. and sort of syncing it with our breath brings that whole full embodied experience to the prayer. And I think that that helps us remember it. I think that helps it um, be real for us in a new way. And you also added some other breath prayer into that morning session about paying attention how your body reacts to, you know, the, the, the chai tea that you're drinking to bring in our full sensory experience. Um, I think that that's just really significant. And so I really appreciated you sort of taking it to that next step, because that to me is why breath prayer is, is so vital. Um, I think you may have mentioned in the beginning, the praying without ceasing that Paul invites and tying something to our breath seems to be the easiest way to maybe do that, that it then ties into the rhythm so that even then when we're not necessarily thinking the words, it, it just becomes a part of our whole ethos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it's, it's lovely how, you know, I'm, unlike the heartbeat, which is also one of those steady things that keeps going, you know, unlike the heartbeat, we, our breath, we can control, you know, obviously, like in yoga breath practice, we can slow the breath way down. And that actually has a physiological impact on our bodies. And yeah. we can, we can, you know, harness the breath to bring more awareness to our bodies, as you say, and, uh, and that's a beautiful, yeah, a beautiful way to remember that we have bodies and remember that they are sacred. And for a tradition that's rooted in the incarnation, I'm, I don't understand how we got so far away from our own bodies. And so, yeah, breath prayer can help us remember the sacredness of the senses of, yeah, of, you know, this moment and feeling, you know, the concreteness of touch, of scent, of, yeah, of all of those beautiful gifts. Yeah. And, you know, as someone who's in ministry yourself, you know, I was a pastor for a number of years and still work with people through spiritual direction and other aspects. You know, one of the things that comes up are people wanting real experiences of God to to really feel connected, to feel like it's real, not just something in the mind. And this now is one of the things I'm suggesting the most frequently is get your body into the experience, because the more your whole self comes into God's presence, the more it becomes normal to then experience God in more ways than just our thoughts. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And there's, yeah, there's, there's a whole wisdom that comes through our body knowing that are just our, you know, going back to that planning mind, you know, when mm. we're, when we're working, you know, just with the mind, we tend to be in that more linear kind of planning or productivity oriented sort of mindset. 
And I'm, I'm always encouraging people to drop their awareness down into their hearts, into their bodies. And for, you know, a lot of people, it's, that's really unfamiliar um, territory. There's a Buddhist writer called Reginald Ray, and he does a lot of um, Buddhist meditation through the body. And he, but he, one of the, the phrases that I love is he says that the body is the last unexplored wilderness. Oh, wow. Yeah. Which I think is a really profound image because I think it's true, you know, the body can feel like this kind of wilderness place, this place we're not familiar with that brings us some discomfort at times. And yet, and like the desert, you know, mothers and fathers going out into the wilderness can be this place of incredible um, grace and revelation. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So we talked a little bit about morning practice, sort of the other one that stood out to me, and again, there's many great chapters, and of course, we can't go through all of them. I highly recommend, you know, I'll, there'll be a link to the book in the description. Go buy it, read and learn all about these breath prayers. Mm-hmm. One of the ones that stood out to me because it hit home with something that I struggle with is being late. I really don't do well being late. And when you have other people in your life who help determine your schedule, you can't always be on time or things come up that you can't handle. And I love this breath prayer. You said, breathe in, I bring myself here and now breathe out. I will arrive in good time. And this is one of those super practical everyday things. We all have to get to work. We all have appointments. We run late and then we get angry or we get frustrated and then we carry that with us. And We can't change then the fact that we're late and this prayer helps sort of bring us into the moment. It doesn't mean we don't have to apologize or text someone or whatever, but we can recognize that it is what it is. Can I return to the moment and can I be right here? So I thought that was just a beautiful practice and one that extends beyond just being late, but helps to form us to be the type of people who can be present again in all circumstances, who can control, we can control and release everything else. I I, I just want to say thank you for that one. And um, I just think that that's a great example of how breath prayer can become a part of really everything that we're doing. It, It brings us back to God and to right here. Yeah, well, it's, you know, again, this practice of surrender of control. And sometimes we just, we just don't have control over our time or traffic or, you know, you know, maybe our kids, you know, are sick or something. And there's things that need to be tended to. And yeah, I find, uh, I, I sometimes, you know, if I'm sitting in the car in traffic, luckily, I don't actually have to drive very often here in Ireland anymore. But <laughs> if I'm sitting in traffic, and you know, I find myself getting all exasperated and, you know, frustrated. And it's like, well, I'm going to arrive at the same time, no matter <laughs> whether I'm frustrated or whether I'm practicing some breath prayers. So the breath prayer helps me, yeah, to open my heart. Oh, to see this time as, you know, also possible for grace. And, and then I can arrive and instead of being late and angry, <laughs> I can be late and at least present and ready to begin whatever the, the task is at hand. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's a really good word. And I think that that's a super practical thing that people can, you know, if you, whatever you take from this episode, you know, that's one really great, just practical step that can help you in so many circumstances to reconnect to God. So one area I really want to talk about is Lexio Divina, because this is a practice mm-hmm. that we love. And, you know, we often guide people through the, the different steps of reading a passage multiple times, listening for a word or phrase that stands out to you. Um, 
And in your book, you, you talk about it even from a little bit of a different angle. But one of the things that stood out to me, not just in the Lexia Divina section, but throughout your book was this word shimmers. And I thought that that was just a great word to use. And I think it's what I'm going to have to steal to sort of help explain to people what word is shimmering to you. Um, take us into that word and what it means for something to shimmer for us in our, in our time of prayer. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of known in our community for loving that word in particular, shimmer. And um yeah, it's uh, for me it's you know when I'm you know if you're reading a poem or you're reading a scripture text or you're just reading a piece of meaningful um writing and all of a sudden there is a word or a phrase that comes alive that feels like it's being spoken just to you in this moment which it is, but it, you know, you really, you recognize that and you feel it, um, that sense of, uh, yeah, I, I describe it as like a sense of something calling to me, a sense of sometimes challenging me, uh, a sense of, and I, off, I also use this image shimmer for contemplative photography, which is based on mm. the Luxio practice. So walking, you know, going for a contemplative walk and sort of reading the landscape and looking for moments that are shimmering as well. So, yeah. you know, a leaf that's on the sidewalk is suddenly calling to me to come closer and pay a little more attention to it, or, mm -hmm. you know, the bird singing on a branch, whatever that happens to be. And so honoring that is, I think what's shimmering is like this sacred invitation that's being offered to me and trusting that in this moment that God is always inviting me into something deeper, into a deeper awareness and not paying attention to what shimmers, whether through words or through imagery or whatever that may be, is one way to honor that, that invitation that's coming through. So, yeah, and it, the word doesn't always work for everybody, but I, I do find it kind of, I also think of, you know, in Ireland in particular, uh, you know, we get a lot of rain <laughs> and there's, you know, a lot of times, you know, the, these fields will be soaking wet with rain and then the sun will come out and will, you know, the, this beautiful golden light will sweep across that wet grass. And that's mm -hmm. that sense of shimmering, like, and, and there's always this sense of like, oh my God, this sense of awe and beauty at this moment, you know, where it was just pouring rain and all of a sudden, you know, the heavens kind of open. You get a lot of those moments in Ireland. So <laughs> yeah, that, that's the kind of shimmering I'm imagining. <laughs> I like that imagery. I think it's really helpful because it's, you know, with Lexio Divina with scripture, we're learning to listen for what God is saying to us. So often we're taught to control things, to tear them apart, to analyze them, to understand them yeah. intellectually. But with this type of prayer, we're listening. And when we can learn to do that with scripture, you know, get that feeling, what does it mean for it to shimmer for you? What does it mean for it to stand out to you? Is it a, is it a thought? Is it a feeling? Is it a sound? What is it? And then extending that as you're talking about into photography or even in relationships to sort of mm -hmm. have an openness and awareness to what is standing out to me in every moment. Where are the invitations of, you know, the Holy Spirit hovering and inviting me to step forward in this situation? I think the breath prayer can help us be present to that and sort of 
open us to, to be listeners to all of life because I think God is speaking through like everything, right? And so the, the Lexio mm-hmm. Divina, we often think of just with scripture, but it really is a, a whole life practice. So I appreciate the way you guide us into that. Um, one of the parts of the breath prayer you offer is breathe in, I listen for words, breathe out that shimmer. And I think that's a great prayer we can start to apply in all of life, you know, listening, I listen for words or actions or movement or whatever it is that shimmer, sort of asking God to highlight for us where we're invited to go in every situation. So, Christine, as we come to the end here, I think we have a couple minutes left if we can. Could you walk us through a simple breath prayer and maybe people can sort of practice with us? Of course, if you're driving or something, be careful. You know, we don't want you to close (laughs) your eyes and enter too deeply. But could you guide us into a a simple breath prayer? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think, uh, yeah, I think maybe this praying with the divine name Uh, could be a good place, one of the the first breath prayers in the book. So, you know, I would invite people to take a moment to to breathe, to slow down your breath, to become aware of your breathing. And as your breath slows down, to become aware of your body, to soften your body. And... Imagine that your breath is drawing your awareness down to your heart center, which the desert monks called the cave of the heart, that interior place of encounter with the divine that we carry with us wherever we go. And resting there for a moment in the cave of the heart where we don't need to do anything at all. We get to simply be present And then as we rest there in that cave with the divine presence that the mystics tell us the divine spark, you know, resides in each and every one of us. I invite you to listen for a moment in that space of relationship with the sacred. Listen for a holy name, a divine name. It might be a name that you're used to calling on like God or Jesus or mother or father or spirit. There might be another name calling to you, shimmering to you today. Maybe something like Sophia or the great artist, Holy One. Somebody to take a moment to, to see what is that divine name that is shimmering for you right now. And trusting whatever it is that comes forth. And then once once that name sort of feels solid in your heart, I invite you to let it Repeat it on your in-breath and your out-breath. So as you inhale, maybe Sophia, God, Christ. As you exhale, same name again. 
And letting that inhale and exhale, just gently call you deeper into deeper intimacy with that divine presence. And then you might want to add a couple of words just to indicate your longing, your desire for this relationship. So it might be, Holy One, be with me on the inhale, inviting in that presence. And as you exhale, Holy One, guide me, asking for that wisdom and direction in daily life. So breathing in, whatever that name is, Holy One, be with me. Exhale, Holy One, guide me. And again, letting that inhale and that exhale, moving through that a few cycles, gently repeating that prayer. And as you deepen into that prayer, see if it might become a prayer of the body as well prayer of the body and the heart. Oh, sacred presence, be with me. Feel that sense of intimacy and longing. Oh, sacred presence, guide me. Feeling that longing to surrender our own desires to whatever the holy desire is for your life. Moving through that, a few more breath cycles. And then just gently letting go of those words, resting simply into the breath for a moment. Maybe still feeling that energy, that desire of the heart. And then letting the breath just very gently bring your awareness back to the space and just to know that you can call upon that breath prayer at any moment when you need a little grounding, a little centering, a little wisdom, a little reminder of the gifts of this moment now. Beautiful practice. Thank you. Thanks, Phil. <laughs> and for those listening, you know, to see that it could be a specific time where you could do that for even longer. And once you have that, as Christine mentioned, you know, you can return to that breath prayer at your desk, you know, at work or in the car or in a tense moment, you can just recall it and tie it to your breath for 10 seconds to return to the present and call in the name of God. So thank you for guiding us in that. Christine, what might be a final word of, or of encouragement or challenge that you might have for people on this journey and with breath prayer? Well, I'd, I'd recommend, you know, you were talking about in those moments of waiting, I'd recommend it, that we be, become more aware of those threshold moments throughout the day. So 
I think a lot of us schedule our days really full. You know, we have meeting after meeting after meeting. But in between each of those, is there, you know, even five or 10 seconds, you know, where we could pause, breathe, and return to that holy presence through that practice of breath prayer, maybe a full minute even. And I think it would help us to integrate what's happening throughout our day and and also help to remind us to keep that sense of sacred awareness through whatever is coming next. So it's like this little holy pause over and over again, just Mm. a minute. That's all it takes. (laughs) Absolutely. A great word. Christine, if people want to go deeper with the work that you're up to, connect more and uh, find all these books you've written, where can we send them? (laughs) <laughs> the website is Abby of the Arts. So that's A-B-B-E-Y of the arts.com. And uh, yeah, lots of resources there for people to explore. Excellent. Well, we will have that in the description below. So whatever platform you're on, you can find that link it, um, click on it. You'll go right there. See all the things that they are up to. I highly recommend it. Christine, thank you so much for your time today. Thanks for guiding us into practice. That was beautiful. Great. Thanks, Phil. Lovely to be with you. Hello, friends. Thank you again for joining us in this episode today. Before we go, I just want to say thank you for being with us. I highly recommend checking out those links to Christine and the work she is doing in the description below and cannot highly recommend enough incorporating breath prayer in some fashion into your daily life. It is such a great invitation to become present and to connect with God. And friends, if you're looking for more ways to incorporate such practices into your life, to go deeper in your relationship with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I now offer one-on-one spiritual direction, spiritual coaching, where we explore these very issues together, looking for God's voice in your life, looking for the presence and invitations of the Holy Spirit. So there's a link below where you can sign up to set up a free call where we'll talk a little bit about spiritual direction and if it would be right for you. And then friends as well, if you enjoyed this episode and the Rua Space ministry in general, we'd love if you would join us over on Patreon, where you can help support the ministry as well as gain access to some really great exclusive content. So thanks again, friends, for being with us today. Until next time, grace and peace be with you.